For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. You're worried about Tennessee coming back to beat you? Who's going to beat you? Hopkins runs 5-2. Hopkins runs 5-2 out there. You play zone against Hopkins, he'll get open. You play man, he's going to be covered. He'll outjump you for the ball. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and Visa. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, this is the Monday after week two Sunday slate. We still have two games to go later on tonight. We'll get to that doubleheader at the end of the podcast, but... uh, it, it was not a good week two for your boy and from from a betting perspective know, and from a, a, from a survivor so perspective uh the the, dr- know, the, the, the nine million dollar dream bad. is over michael it's over yeah i feel so bad and you know I, for people that don't want don't have the lombardi line on weekends or didn't listen my grandson i was in charlotte this past weekend so my grandson leo came over and made an appearance on the air with dean his brother and they're sitting on my lap and i asked leo who he liked and he liked baltimore and uh, you picked Cincinnati, so cre- credit. I mean, maybe you should have consulted Leo. I'm, on I'm saying, pick. yeah. N- next I'm year, ahead. next year we're calling one eight hundred Leo Saturday afternoon before I go, <laughs> go before I oh. have to submit. We, oh. we, we got to call he that. Also had, he also had the Raiders too. Of course, his daddy oh, works. Yeah. There, so you know, yeah. but he had to suffer through that one just like I did. The other one that was, you know, it, it was interesting because I, I was feeling so bad for Stormy. Because mm. I was, I didn't convince her, but I was making a strong case why the Giants were yeah. a good survivor pick. I was making a strong case for that, and she went with it. And I'm getting texts from her. I felt so bad. <laughs> oh no, she was you know, like she wasn't mad at me. I mean, she yeah. was just, I hate the Giants. I've always hated the Giants. I don't like them. You know, they and came then through. They make this incredible comeback, you know, and uh-huh. and uh, you know, and I'm sitting there, and I, and Russo took the Giants on the pool on so we do friday we pick games right yep and he took he he loves to take the raiders so he knows because it forces me to root for the raiders to win and then it gives him the chance to win his pick so he took the raiders he took the giants and he took baltimore too actually so he went one and two but as that game was going on i was flying home and i'm watching it on direct tv on the plane and i'm like don't tell me he's gonna luck out and cover this game at four and a half and <laughs> You know, and, you know, because you could just tell at there was a certain point in this game. I don't know how you felt that the Giants were going to win the yeah. game. You just felt like that, right? Oh, 100 percent. I was texting back and forth with my brother because he was rooting against the Giants since we're Cowboys fans and rooting for the rooting against NFC East teams. And he's like, oh, I think the Cardinals might do it. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. I think they were yeah. out of gas. Like, like they hit that point to where it's like. Oh, they have nothing left. And defensively, I mean, the Giants, every play was like a 20-yard gain for the Giants in the second half. It was I don't know what the Cardinals were doing defensively there. Uh, but, yeah, it was – I mean, it was brutal. I mean, you know, when you look at the drive chart, just go to the drive chart. You know, they go punt, 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 interception, end of half, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you go touchdown, 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 field goal. I mean, like, <laughs> like that's what I expected in the first half. And the Cardinals yeah. – drive chart went missed field goal touchdown touchdown field goal field goal then they went touchdown punt 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 i mean you know the fourth quarter which we talk about all the time on this program i mean the cardinals had the cardinals had 17 plays in the fourth quarter they got three first downs Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to win you know whereas the giants had 13 first downs in the fourth quarter credit them they fought back you know now barkley got hurt 
excuse me on that short yardage yeah. play, but you know, I don't know what his, what his, what his availability will be with San Francisco. That line, I think went all the way up to 10 and a half. Look, let's say this. I, I like the giants because I always feel like they play, they'll beat bad competition, mm-hmm. but it, it took everything in their power to win this game against the Cardinal team that you and I both know isn't very good. No. And, and, and we talked about it all throughout the off season and training camp, but some of these bad teams, how they're 50 minute teams, like they can give you the yeah. good three quarters and change a little bit there. And that was the case for the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. They were a 50 minute team, but yeah. unfortunately for them, the giants obviously kept playing giants, went in the locker room, made adjustments and then scored 31 points pretty much without any resistance in the second half to go ahead and, and, and honestly, Michael save their season. Because if they go down 0-2 and then have to go to San Francisco on a short week, you're looking at 0-3 right in the face there to where at least for now the Giants can somewhat say, all right, let's regroup, let's go to San Francisco, let's obviously give our best and see what happens there. But 0-2, I mean, you're just – it's almost over yeah. at that point. Well, I mean, it, it, but not in the NFC, though. I mean, like what team is good in the – I mean, the Bucks are 2-0, and right? The Bucks have made this incredible – they're 2-0. and We'll get to them later. But are they going to be for real? I mean, the Falcons are two and zero. Are they going to be for real? You know, so I, I think a lot of that is just it, it, you know I I think in the in the NFC you can stub your toe. I mean, the Packers let one get away. We'll talk about that yep. later as well. But to me, and Big Daddy was on the uh, on the text uh, tweet yesterday. Well, I'm he was sure your phone was blowing up. Yeah, well, I was with them for the first half. We were in a sports oh. bar for the first half. He was blaming everybody. Bakari missed the ball, you know, missed the game. The left tackle didn't block somebody. It was it was brilliant. But anyway, I, I think they could. But I guess the fundamental question to ask is, when the Giants play good teams, are they good? I mm. mean, can they beat good teams? And, and I don't know that. You know, like I'll ask you this question: If they played the Rams and the Rams were healthy with Matthew Stafford, could they beat the Rams? Not the Rams that I've seen over these past couple of weeks. Rams look. No, pretty- see that? I think that's a fair question to ask. I mean, yeah. you know, the Lions. You know, you know, there's so many teams that are just kind of even in this in this mess. But you know, look, I would if you'd have told me the Bucks would be two and zero, and I would have said you're crazy. But they are, and they did a good job with it because you know, I think to me that they play good defense. They played situational and Baker's made a few. I mean, he got out of some rushes yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was kind of remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Baker Mayfield has been pretty good and, and credit to that coaching staff there. And I, I kind of want to highlight the play caller for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because when I was working in Seattle covering the Seahawks and when you, when you cover teams and go to practices and go to training camps, you notice things. And it's, I would always know, I'm like, who's this guy that's always standing near Russell Wilson? Like he's not the offensive coordinator. He's not Brian Schottenheimer. Like, like what's going on? Like, who is this guy? I don't, like, I thought it was Russell Wilson's like personal coach. Almost. He was always right. at Russell Wilson's hip. And that is now Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, who was the OC yeah. in Seattle last year, or not the OC, but the quarterback's coach for Geno Smith last year. Geno obviously having a lot of success. Steel still having success, as we saw last night. Um, but now he's the OC for Baker Mayfield, and he sort of helped Baker Mayfield along the way here, getting his first chance to be the play caller. And so far, it looks pretty good in Tampa through two weeks. Well, look, they ran for 120 yards yesterday, Femi. I mean, that last year they were 32nd in every rushing category, and they ran for 120 yards against this bear defense that we've said all year is overrated. You know, mm-hmm. now I know Alan Williams wasn't there. I know they lost their starting safety. They lost the they lost another safe. They had a bunch of injuries on defense. Okay. But we know this about Eberflus's scheme. If you're not good up front, if you can't dominate up front with the scheme, it becomes really hard. And Baker only throws eight incomplete passes the entire day. He gets out of a bunch of pressures and he runs. And, you know, even though they got the ball back for their offense with a trailing 20 to 17, they got a chance to come back in the game and your guy. Now, how are you going to defend Mm. your guy? I want to know how are you putting the white hair on Mm. and coming in and defend this guy? How are you going to defend him? The guy's a turnover machine. And I don't want to hear this crap about, oh, well, you know, the offense is limiting him. Getsy's not doing a good job. He limits the offense. You call plays for him. You call plays for him and tell me how that works out for you. You know, watching that game yesterday, um, I could say it now. I'm, I'm concerned. I, I am very concerned 
with uh, with what's going forward here with Justin Fields. And this was one of those situations where I, I wanted to see progress, and that was my whole spiel throughout the offseason was, okay, like, you see the flashes, but can we see progress now that he's in year two of this offense? It looks like he's in year zero of this offense. Like, he has regressed. He looks worse than he did last year, to be honest, in these first two games. I don't know what's going on. I, I, it looks like a guy who's lost confidence. I don't know if it's the yips. No, I or don't if, think if he, he like, walks around. He, it's, he's had 27 starts, Femi. He's yeah. had 27 career starts, right? He's had 26 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, okay? All right? We, we've talked about this forever. You know, when I put Davis Mills' stats up against his stats, and they looked eerily similar, everybody said, Lombardi, you're taking away the rushing stats. Well, the passing stats is what matters. He's been sacked 10 times in two games. Now he's over 101 sacks, under over 100 sacks for his career. He's had one fourth quarter comeback in 29 starts, in 29 games. One fourth quarter comeback. Two game winning drives. That's all he's had. I mean, like at some point, we got to stop making excuses. It's not the offense. It's not, oh, they don't have DJ Moore. Now we got DJ Moore. Watch out. He's going to take off. You know, at some point, he doesn't, the ball, did you see some of those throws yesterday? Yeah. They're all over the place. You know, there's the, the the rhythm of his game, and I've said this: his his accuracy will be good at times. First throw of the game, he throws it in cut, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, first drive of the game, they threw the ball, but you can't run screens all the time. You can't run screens all the time. It wasn't until the last drive of the game or the second to last drive of the game that he actually put some numbers together. But to me, the, what's got to concern you is he is a turnover machine. His QBR is rookie year was 26.4 currently his qbr is 23.0 yeah he's regressed like i mean so like don't tell me like you know and then when you watch him with with his accuracy you know he he has so many bad throws even when they get completed you know they're horrible he's on he was on target according to stats on target for 27 of his 66 throws that's 41 percent how do you win with being on target with that? Like, and, and all I want to do was to, instead of people thinking he's going to be the MVP, stop that nonsense. Let him become a better player. But he hasn't been able to do that. And so, look, there's a lot of these guys. I mean, you got it when you get the ball back and you got a chance to win the game, you got to win it. All right. We saw it yesterday. Justin Herbert overtime couldn't do it. Two weeks in a row, Mac Jones has a chance to get his team to win it or has a chance to tie the to game. Tie, yeah. Can't do it. You know, and so this is what you, Russell Wilson, same thing. That game, we'll get there, but that game was a lot of Russell Wilson stuff in there that that, was... that the stats don't tell you about, right? When you watch the tape of that game. So, you know, to me, at some point, you can blame Getsy all you want, but the reality of it is, is he limits Getsy's play calling. Yeah, well, I, I don't even, like, Getsy, people are talking about him. I, I just want to talk mainly about Fields. And I think the, the, the word that you use that, is what shows up whenever I watch Fields. It's the rhythm. It's not there. And like the, the inaccuracies that you see, those are concerning. But the more concerning thing to me are the, the, the when he doesn't pull the trigger. When it's, hey, the ball should be out. It's open. Throw the ball. And he doesn't do it. And, that, and that's what it creates the sacks. And that's what creates the sacks. But he didn't do it. But that's what happens. That's what the, that is what I've said all along. He does Rhythm is part of being able to see it. And sometimes guys are not open and you've got to throw it because they're going to be open by the time you get the ball there. Hmm. One of these days we'll have a, a, a larger conversation about some of these quarterbacks coming out of college there, because I do think it's interesting, but we'll get to some other games on the other side. Speaking of the England Patriots and Mac Jones, we'll talk about that Sunday night football game. My day was hanging in the balance with that one, and it didn't go well for me. This is the GM Shuffle on the DraftKings Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Sunday Night Football last night, we saw the Miami Dolphins go ahead and beat the New England Patriots 24-7. Miami improves the 2-0, two road victories to start the season for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Big for them there. The Patriots' two home losses now falling to 0-2. And I guess we'll get the joke out now. Wow, what a strange ending if the Sunday Night Football game. That's what everyone's talking about over there on X. But, uh, man, I think this is another one where New England kind of let things slip away with these untimely turnovers on the plus side of the field. Yeah, I mean, two fringe red turnovers, right? Douglas fumbles that ball. You know, they don't convert. Uh, Mac Jones continues to throw these 50-50 balls that get intercepted. I, I don't understand it. You know, and then the longest pass. Look, the Patriots had the longest pass play of the game was 14 yards. They actually had mm-hmm. a longer run. Mac Jones had an 18-yard scramble. Yeah. So, like, you know, the Patriots are not making any explosive plays. They average 7-5 per, per completion. You're not beating anybody with that, you know? and they never could get control of the game. And I give McDaniels credit because he ran it 30 times. I mean, they were going to take Tyreek Hill out of the game. He had five catches for 40 yards, right? Mm-hmm. And so that they gave him. And I, I was disappointed in the Patriots' run, uh, the physicality of their front. They really never got in front of Tua. They never got in front of him. They really never altered his throw. He had one bad interception, but he kept throwing slants. And, you know, his longest play was 32 yards, but still – you know, he was able to be in rhythm. You know, he never got him up, never got him out of rhythm. And they kept running the wide outside zone to kind of stretch the field and, and go back and watch the tape. I mean, there had to be at least five negative plays where the Patriots have a chance to tackle the back mm-hmm. and they can't get the guy on the ground. So the, as Belichick would say, they deserve what they get, you know, but the reality of it is, is if they don't start to figure out a way to make explosive plays and run the ball, I mean, you know, Stevenson had 15 carries for 30 yards. You've got to be able to run. Matt Jones can't throw this thing 40 times. I'm just, that isn't who he is. You've got to be able to throw, you got to run the ball. There's got to be more play action in their game. There's got to be more ability to get it down the field. And this is a killer. I mean, you know, they end up the game with 56 rushes and completions, which means they can execute. Now, the offensive line, the right tackle, Anderson played horrible. Van Ginkle yeah. kicked his ass the whole yeah, day. Van, Van right? Ginkle's going to go to I the All-Pro off that tape. <laughs> he shit, you know, I mean, nobody signed him in the offseason. You know, he was he bounced around to about 12 teams. Now, nah, he's not good enough. He looked good enough to me last night, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they had a chance to do it. And, and they just, you know, look, this is New England. New England has been doing this now for a year. Bad penalties at the wrong time, players not playing well enough at, to win the game, and turning the ball over. I mean, and it all goes back to what Bill has preached his whole career. We got to avoid losing before we can win. And in two weeks, they haven't avoided losing. Why is that? Is it because it's a younger team? Like, because like, you mentioned that this has been going on for about a year now. Like, it just seems so yeah, it's a younger team. Well, I mean, last year they blamed Patricia for everything. I mean, you know, but like, look, Joe, I kept saying that Jones is a rookie average. His percentage of, of interception was at 2-5. Last year it was at 2-5. Nobody said anything. He just blamed Patricia. But but at some point, you know, Mac said in the paper after, well, it just wasn't our day. Well, Mac, it's got to be your day. Yeah. Like the last two weeks haven't been your day. Like at some point, if you're going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you got to make plays. Now, I grant you, the offensive line did not play well. That line has been in flux. They didn't have Trent Brown last night at left tackle. Mm -hmm. But the kid Lowe who played over there played half decent, played better than Anderson did. You know, but when they don't run the ball, I mean, I to me, which is, we'll get to Dallas in a second, but to me, all this shotgun stuff has limit run games. And you got quarterbacks who are in shotgun who can't carry their team. Like at some point, you got to have balance. You got to run the ball. You got to control the game. Matt Jones isn't going to win the game throwing 40 times. I'm just going to tell you that right now, you know, and 
I, I got to give give McDaniel credit. I mean, he's got you know he's got his ability. Morset had eighteen at one hundred twenty one yards, a forty three yard broke their back. And in spite of all that, the Patriots have a chance to tie the game at the end of the game. They can't make a play. Yeah, that's. Yeah, as somebody who bet New England yesterday, it, it was just an agonizing game because it felt like it was so there for the taking for them, but they just could not make the timely play. And I think what goes is what you said about hey, not having those explosive plays. When every drive has to be 12, 15 plays, you're going to make mistakes. Like it's just hard to you're execute. Gonna make, <laughs> it's hard to exactly execute. right. You can't do it all the time, and no. so you got to find a way to do it. And you know, and if you keep running the same off, if you keep being in shotgun and you can't make explosive plays, you know, you can say, well, they have no, the receivers aren't open. Well, you know, there's sometimes the receivers are open, the you know, protection breaks down, you know, it, but when you have 56 rushes and completions, you know, you should, your execution isn't as bad, but the problem is they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. They, they cannot get movement. In, they're not able to run the ball effectively. They can't break a long run. I mean, Stevenson had a 12-yard run early in the game, and the longest pass play is 14 yards. Who are you beating with that? And they hold Miami to 30. The biggest play was the, the slip screen on second and 19. They give up a 32-yard game. Last question on this game before we move on. Was it the right call? Was Cole Strange short of the first down? Because I know a lot of people were, were arguing about I, that. I, I couldn't tell. I mean, I thought he got the first down, but who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean – you imagine we're sitting here debating Cole Strange to get the first down. Right. I mean, I was like, it's a real question Jesus that I asked. Christ. I mean, <laughs> what an you know, and how about this? I mean, Xavier Howard, I mean, he has four penalties now on his in his career this year so far, and they never got away from him. Like, and they never got away from him. Like, you got to make plays, you know, and they just couldn't make a play. And Douglas's fumble, you know, he's got a nice little game going, mm-hmm. and he fumbles. Max got a nice little thing going. Oh, we'll throw another one of my jump ball specials, and oh well, I gave the receiver a chance, but they you know it didn't work out. Yeah, how many more games are you going to lose like that? Yeah, it's it's been two so far this season, and we're only at week two. Uh, another team that is now facing an zero and two hole is the Cincinnati Bengals. This team has won the yeah. NFC or AFC North, I should say, the last couple of years. They lose to the Baltimore Ravens twenty seven twenty four, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, knocking me out of Survivor. Uh, that's unfortunate, but you guys want to hear about the analysis with this game. Baltimore on their side of things, whew, that offense looked really good. Mark Andrews is back. Lamar Jackson was phenomenal yesterday. Ravens win at 27-24. You know, we talked a lot about Monk in this offseason, but I think what the offense looked like yesterday, missing two starters in their offensive line, mm-hmm. and Beckham went down, okay, was they finally were doing things that Lamar does well. Throw the ball in the middle of the field. And I'll give you the perfect example. When Zay Flowers catches the 52-yarder, Watch that play again. We used to talk about, I talked about this on the pod, when Lamar would open up the game at Louisville, they would always try to throw some deep over, something something down the field, in the middle of the field. And Petrino would tell him, just throw it to the guy's helmet. Throw it to his helmet. And Lamar could hit it. And Lamar was accurate and hit it. And when you watch that throw, it hit, hit him right in the helmet, right mm-hmm. in the helmet. Great throw, great catch. All that. I, I think Lamar looks like an MVP candidate. I really do. Mm-hmm. He won that game single-handedly. You know, he gets the ball back with five minutes or something to go in the game, and they take it over. He's got 12 rushes. He played poised. You know, he converted third downs in the game. Since he's not the same team defensively as they were last year, they've nope. got injuries. I mean, Baltimore's 9 for 14 on third down in the game. You know, but since he couldn't, you know, since he couldn't, even since he was good, they're 10 for 15 on third down. The problem was they couldn't make an explosive play. They averaged four, nine a play. They only had 57 plays. But I think Burrow, I'm watching the game and I wrote it in my notes. I thought before the announcement that he re, I just didn't think he had any zip on the ball. He couldn't drive the ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't like, I thought his, his, his calf was a problem. It really was. And this offensive line, Jonah Williams got his ass kicked. Like, I don't, you know, he got his ass kicked. Clowney got a sack on him. I mean, that's a problem for him at right tackle. Yeah, no, it's a big problem there. And obviously, I was watching this game intently uh, with it being my survivor play. And and it felt like these two teams were kind of going back and forth. You mentioned the third down conversions there, neither defense being able to get off the field. But that game really turned there on the opening drive of the second half where the Ravens, to steal a tennis term, were able to kind of break serve and get that red zone interception. Because at that point, yeah. Baltimore then was just in control, up double digits, and the Bengals were just chasing the game. And it's, it's hard to chase the game when your quarterback – 
is not immobile, but you can tell just couldn't really trust the calf there, which he ultimately ended yeah. up reaggravating in his words. And well, they re- they moved him once, and it was a big gain. I mean, and that was an inexcusable interception. He stared down Geno Stone the whole time. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I think Joe would like to have that one back. That that was really not who Burrow is. But he made a bad throw, and and the, give the look. The one thing about this Raven team, you can't count them out. Yep. And the way Lamar played, and the way Lamar played, and, and the way that Gus Bradley ran the way they, they ran the football effectively in there. I mean, you know, it it, it is. I mean, look, they they are. Gus Edwards, excuse me, I mean, I say Gus Bradley, yeah. in defense coordinator of the Colts. I mean, they're resilient. They really are resilient. And they play hard. And they gave up, a, you know, one of the things the Ravens typically do is they don't, they, they miss the long field goal. I think it was like 59 yards. Tucker missed one. And then they give up a punt return for a touchdown. I mean, other than that, I mean, Charlie Jones takes one back 81 yards. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they called a penalty on the play and they picked up they picked the flag. I, you know, so to me, Give the give the Baltimore credit. They go in there and they win a they win a hard game on the road that that Cincinnati had to have. And now Cincinnati, if they don't have if they do not have uh, Burrow for the Rams, they don't have a lot of people put money on the Rams. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I might be one of those people already. Uh, yeah, I know I, you were. I, I already have Rams plus six and a half in the pocket. I didn't expect it to go all the way now to three and a half. So those who are not following the betting markets, that line for next Monday's game open Bengals six and a half point favorites now down to three and a half point favorites. I think there's a little bit of speculation that Burrow might not be all the way healthy. Not speculation about that, but maybe speculation about maybe he doesn't play in the game. So we'll obviously be tracking that all throughout the week here. Let's squeeze one more game in here, Michael, before we take our break. Felt like a deja vu all over again to go ahead and steal a quote from your guy Yogi Berra Seahawks beat the Lions 37-31 whenever these two teams play there's going to be fireworks and we saw it yesterday yeah 30 points the Lions give up in the second half I mean 30 points Gino was great I don't know if you watch much of the game Gino mm-hmm. was great Goff played well too I mean this is exactly what we thought it was both teams offensively could move the football you know the Lions had 418 yards I mean it was a little deceiving right but the, the the Seahawks get the drive at the end of you know in overtime and they take it down the field and they win the game and I thought Geno was really good I thought Geno played well but again it goes to the you know it, it goes the fourth quarter is where all these games matter right and mm-hmm. that interception that interception that they they give up it, it is it, problematic you know that golf throws that interception in the fourth quarter they come back they go sixty plays sixty yards they score a touchdown but to me. The Lions give up 30 in the second half at home with crowd noise with two backup tackles for Seattle. Oh, my. It's not a good sign. Also, the start of that second half when they fumbled the football, when they had a chance to go ahead and grab control of the game, let Seattle right back into it. And then the shootout was on from there. Seahawks victorious 37-31 in overtime. Both teams now sitting at 1-1. All right, we'll talk Chargers on the other side. There's an interesting sound that we got to play here on the GM Shuffle. How about this overtime game in Nashville? The Tennessee Titans beat the Los Angeles Chargers 27-24. to Every time these teams play, it's a three-point game either way. But Titans victorious yeah. this go-around. Chargers now 0-2 after high expectations once again throughout the offseason. You know, this is, a, this is a funny game. I mean, you know, <laughs> you would think that the Chargers would not allow big play. I mean, the, the Titans, you know, for – all the conversation we have, right? You know, they give up a 70-yard pass to Burks. You know, Burks has three catches for 76 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, you give up an explosive play like that, you know, you can't. Then they give up Moore has a 49-yard play. The two plays of 50 yards, 120 of offense. They only had 341 yards. So, to me, you know, and that's not who the Titans typically want to be. It just goes to me, it goes to show that you know, that the Titans, I mean, excuse me, the Chargers, they just don't know how to win these games. And nor do they make a team, they, they get, make it easier for the team. I mean, they make it easier for the team. I mean, it, you can't give up a one-pass play to, to, to Burks for 73. You can't do that. You know, and then Tannehill to Moore for 50 yards. I mean, they're back, back in the game. You got to make the Titans earn it down the field. And once again, like Mac Jones, Herbert gets the ball in overtime, right? He gets well. First of all, he gets the ball with two thirty-nine to go. It, I, wait a minute. No, he gets the ball to go. He gets the ball to go with. Let's see how much time. Yeah, two twenty-two to go. They got timeouts. They got the two-minute warning, 
and they're moving it. I, I don't know if you listen to it. The announcers are telling them like they got they're at like they're in field goal range. Who cares about the field goal? Win the goddamn yeah. game, yeah, right? They'll score a touchdown. Win the game. I mean, the Chargers don't call their first timeout until they're at second and six at the ten yard line with twenty one seconds left to go. Like if you go back and watch that thing and just look at how much time was getting eaten up off the clock. You know, I mean, they have the ball. They have the ball at the two-minute warning at the at their own forty-nine, at their own forty-nine, and they get Tennessee offsides, which stops the clock. Right. Mm-hmm. So now they have the ball at the Tennessee thirty-nine with three with one thirty-four to go in the game, with one thirty-four to go, and all three timeouts, and they and they only run they only run five more plays before they use their first timeout. Five more plays. That's all they run. Like, yeah. how is that possible? That how is that po- how you got a minute 32 to go in the game? You got a minute 34 to go in the game. You know, if you you should have at least 10 plays. You should have at least 10 plays there. Get out of back. You got three timeouts, right? Mm-hmm. And now you say, well, I don't want to score too fast. Well, you're at the 39. <laughs> I'm not saying to score too fast, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You throw one pass for 14 yards, and you let the clock go all the way down, and then he throws an incomplete pass. Then he comes back, and he throws short for 11 yards, and the clock keeps running. And then he throws another short pass for four yards with 51 seconds on the clock. Why not call time out there? You got second and six. But then he throws a short left to, to, for three yards. He finally calls time out. He lost from 51 seconds to 27 seconds. He ran one play, Femi. Now, I understand he's part of the analytical community, and he's brilliant at what he does. I get that. This is inexcusable. This is coaching malpractice, that two-minute drill. you got to win the game there. you got to have more plays to win the game. How do you run this least amount of plays? He's got a third and five at the Tennessee seven with 20 seconds left to go, and and he takes a sack, which he's got to call timeout for. I mean, like, I, I don't get it. Like, you're not, you ran, you ran from 51 seconds left. You still have all three timeouts, all three timeouts. You're at the Tennessee 14 yard line. You're at the Tennessee 14. And you run three plays. You run two plays. <laughs> it's, it's a disaster. Nobody said a word about it. No one said a fucking word about it. Like, no one had anything that it was no problem. It was okay. Like, it was okay. I'm screaming. I'm sitting on an airplane watching it. And I'm like, this is inexcusable. Like, this is coaching malpractice. Like, of course, Kellen Moore was the director of the two-minute drill. Mm. And we know he's headed to the Hall of Fame immediately. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Baby Walsh. Like, what is this? Like, this is a joke. Meanwhile, your boy McCarthy, who everybody says is the worst play caller in all of football, they all make fun of him. You know, and all he does is take the, the greatest defense in the history of football, according to the Jet people, and just methodically call a game that just moves it right down the field. Makes it makes you wonder, huh? It really makes you wonder. And this has been a thing with the Chargers to where they just don't know how to close out games. They don't know how to win games at all. And like we've well, seen they, this. I for, just for gave years. you why they don't. Yeah. I just told you why they don't. They don't understand. They it. don't, yeah, they don't like, understand. What it. is he thinking about? You have the ball at the you have the ball at the Tennessee 14 with 51 seconds left to go. You throw a four-yard pass. Call timeout. Save yourself time. You're worried about Tennessee coming back to beat you? Who's going to beat you? Hopkins runs 5-2. Hopkins runs 5-2 out there. You play zone against Hopkins, he'll get open. You play man, he's going to be covered. He'll outjump you for the ball. Double Burks. Let Hopkins catch his eight yards. Who's making an explosive play for the Titans? Hopkins out here catching strays. Think about it. (laughs) Yeah, no, what you're saying makes sense to me. I don't know why it didn't make sense for the Chargers yesterday afternoon. Uh, The the overtime series wasn't much better. I mean, that one was just three straight incomplete passes. Boom, 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 off the field. And then Tennessee. Reminded me of of your Dallas game. Reminded me of your Dallas game, you know? Didn't it? You know, let's go out there with 306 to go in the game and let's go three incomplete passes. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, the punter punts a shitty punt and get return 11 yards. Now, Tennessee's got the ball at their at their at their own thirty nine yard line. I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's it, it, that 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 you you need a coach. It, it, I don't give a shit what the analytical community no, no. says. You guys, you guys can all defend them all you want. Oh, no. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, you no. can say it. He can bullshit about all that crap. Well, 
Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with Jacksonville from last year. I think it has everything to do with you don't know how to win a game or handle situational football. It's pretty clear right there. And that two-minute drive, you got no plays. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, honestly, I was we, we we did the pod after the Jacksonville game, and not to bring that up, but like I was surprised that he kept his job throughout the offseason, to be honest. Like, I, I thought Everybody he was done. is. The whole I thought league he was, was. I thought he, I thought the whole he was done. Was, except <laughs> – Except for the analytical community, and, and he's got a great media campaign because they'll does. all watch tape together, you know? Oh, well, I mean, he, he, he learned from the best, the, 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 the PR machine, and he's, he's a great soundbite. So, you know, whenever you're a great soundbite and you're friendly to the media, they're going to go ahead and give you a pass. But uh, he's a disaster. And, and I feel bad for Chargers fans out there. You have a great quarterback, and you should be much better than what you are. But as long as that guy's the head coach, you're not going anywhere. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, let, let's go over to the Rocky Mountains, though. The Chargers AFC West rivals. This was a game that was, poof, man. Uh, it fell apart for the Denver Broncos. 0-2, losing both those games at home. They fall to the Commanders 35-33. Dramatic ending. That was just absurd. But what did yeah, you see that, when you that, went ahead and watched the game there? Because this was one where early on the offense was humming, uh, and then it hit a brick wall. Well, I was watching this game closely because I, I gave out Tennessee and Denver on McAfee on Thursday, and I gave it out on Beeson, too. I really like Denver in this game for a lot of reasons. I, I mishandicapped this game from the standpoint of Denver's defense. I thought that Sam Howell would struggle. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have a harder time throwing the ball in mile high. I thought he would be under constant pressure. He was sacked four times, but I thought they did a great job, you know, and they ran the ball effectively. They averaged five, three a carry. I thought he'd struggle on third down. He did, but they stayed out of third down. You know, and look, the game changed on this play. You know, they got the ball. Uh, they're driving it. They, they get the ball. It's third. It's second. And, so Denver gets the ball uh, with 7.57 to go in the game and uh, in the second quarter. And they get it. They get it. It's 21 to three at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 21 to three. They get the ball. They start out. They run for five yards. And then they get second and five. They run for seven. They get a penalty on Powers holding. The next play, Wilson scrambles and he drops it and he fumbles the ball right by their bench. Boom. Yep. Done. Done. Now the momentum of the game just changed. And then, and then Logan Thomas has that fourth and four interception and Kareem Jackson hits him again. This is two weeks in a row. This guy doesn't get suspended. This, if he doesn't get suspended yeah, for a game, it's Bush League. It, it's Bush. It, to me, how are we? This is two weeks in a row now. He's taken somebody out of a game, and then once that became, once it became twenty-one to eleven, game, and then, then okay, not to be denied. All right, they punt it back. All right, so now we got a run. Washington called timeout. Sean's trying to get the clock going. Then they run. Then Wilson throws incomplete pass. Then he throws. Now, this is the play of the game to me. Third and nine. Okay, drops back to pass. He has Jerry Judy wide ass open. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a 40-yard game. Do you remember the play? Yep, when Judy had to go to the ground and catch it. Judy had to go to the ground and catch it. Makes the catch. 128 to go. They call timeout again. They got a punt, and they go into halftime. They make a a 49-yard field goal to go into halftime, and then then a game changed. And then Denver gets the ball to start the game and three and out right there. Wilson takes a nine yard sack. Glinchy gets called for holding game over. So, you know, to me, give Washington credit. I didn't think they could do it, but they were the better team from the moment he fumbled the ball. His stat sheet's going to say it was great. But when you miss throws and you don't make the plays that you have to make in critical times, it's on you, you know, and. I'm not telling you that they need to bench Russell Wilson. I'm just saying, like, don't look at stats and say he played mm-hmm. well enough to win. It was like when I was at the Raiders, we had Kerry Collins, and he had like 105. Like, Kerry Collins had a career number on his quarterback rating. Not that you believe that. But, like, there was no way he could play any better, and we were 0-3. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think Sean could do much more to help Russell. I mean, gave threw a nice deep ball down the field. I mean, they had they had everything they wanted. Yeah. Except when a game got on the line, they couldn't make plays. Which is, it's mind-blowing to me because he was never a turnover kind of guy when he was in Seattle, but I don't know if it's just he's aged and, and maybe now he's just a worse player, but like that fumble that he had near the sideline, that like I don't think I ever saw that when he was That's with the Seahawks. Like, like, he it's never did that, but it's, I don't know what, what's happened to him. Because the, the deep balls he looks good. Your legs. 
I think when you lose your legs a little bit, you you don't hold the ball as much. I mean, yesterday Kelsey had a, like a he jumped for a ball, and usually he catches it, he dropped yeah. it, he got hit. It was it would have been a hard catch, but you know he's coming off an injury. That's 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 kind of like okay when you don't have your legs, you sometimes your hands go. Also, real quick on Kareem Jackson, this from Tom Pelissero. He's saying that it appears unlikely he will be suspended. The league is continuing to review Ow. the hit. I don't understand it either. I don't know. I don't know. It's a joke. He, he's going on the lamb. I'll give you that one right now. Yeah, because it's absolute Bush League, and it has no place in the game to be doing that kind of stuff. We'll get to the other games and also preview week number two Monday Night Football here next on the GM Shuffle. All right, let's get down to Atlanta, where the Falcons, a surprise 2-0 start to the season. They beat the Green Bay Packers 25-24, heck of a fourth quarter there for the Dirty Birds. And uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it was a fun experience watching with Big Daddy Vince yesterday as his Packers lose. Uh, yeah. uh, this is all on the floor, you know. I mean, look, <laughs> you know, the thing that made me nervous about this game was the, the Green Bay's inability to stop the run, right? And mm. You know, and, and look, this Falcon team had the ball 36 minutes. I mean, they did, but Green Bay had the lead in this, the fourth quarter, when you don't win the fourth quarter in these games. And they give up 211 yards rushing. I mean, you know, that's the thing that makes the Falcons, I mean, they play a slow, you know, they, they kind of control the pace of the game. They, Falcons had six penalties for 110 yards in the game, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were getting every break. You know, they just, they just, Green Bay couldn't stop the run. And then in the fourth quarter, when you get when you need to make a play, you don't have the football. And then it becomes a real issue. Here, here's Atlanta's fourth quarter. Touchdown, field goal, field goal. Eight plays, eight plays, 12 plays. I mean, you know, they got 65, 44, and 66 yards on that. I mean, they had drives that 13-play drive, 11-play drive, 15-play drive. You know, and then the Packers go three plays, punt. Three plays, punt. They lose it on downs. So, you know, as you can't, they played exactly into the strength. I mean, the Falcons had the ball 20 minutes, 20 minutes in the second half. Packers only had it nine minutes in the second half. That's crazy. How are you beating anybody with nine minutes in the second half? Unless you, and they score two touchdowns in nine minutes. Think about that, Femi. <laughs> Think about that. But they don't get a fourth, they don't get a fourth quarter first down. You don't get a fourth quarter first down and you have the lead, you're going to lose. Just ask the Atlanta, just ask the Arizona Cardinals. 100%. Uh, last thing for me on this game, uh, Bijan Robinson, man, he looks every bit the the guy that we expected. I mean, he he's terrific. Yeah. That guy, nineteen carries, one hundred twenty four yards, dynamic in the passing game as well. He's already their best player, and I feel like we should see more of him. I, I know that Algiers a really good player. They go ahead and do the split carry stuff, and they want to preserve Bijan throughout the course of the rookie contract. But man, that's your best player on the team. Like I, I want to see more of him because yeah. he's 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 spectacular. He's really good. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's really good. This scheme, you know, they'll be hard to play. Uh, you know, when they get a the Packers, Mike Barry's defense has always struggled against outside zone teams like this. They really have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Joe Barry, yeah, his, yeah, his defense, yeah, for the, <clears throat> for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been uh, suboptimal. Uh, the defense has been really good so far this season. Dallas Cowboys allowed 10 points in wow. two games so far this season. Uh, they went ahead and shut down the New York Jets yesterday, 30 to 10. Dallas had it humming on both sides of the ball. I thought Dallas was spectacular on off. I thought they really were. I thought I'm watching that game and I'm thinking Mike McCarthy takes more shit than any coach. He's won a Super Bowl. They, everybody gives him shit. He can't can't run an offense. And all I saw him do against a very good Jet defense is you know run it 44 times. You know and get the lead. Did exactly what it needed to do. I mean Zach doesn't throw the three interceptions until the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. I mean he doesn't throw them until the, when they get behind. But, you know, this you couldn't block them. The, one of the things I think is clear, bad lines don't travel, right? Yeah. And the Jets have a bad line, and they're going against a really good – that's what I thought Washington would struggle with. They gave up four sacks, but they got control of the game. I don't know if Denver got tired or what. You know, that's going to be a problem for New England. They go down to the Meadowlands this weekend. Their offensive line is not playing well enough, and they're going to get a good front. Bad lines don't travel. And so yeah. this this was a perfect example. I mean, look. They took away the run. I mean, Bryce Hall has four carries for nine yards. First play of the game, he gets he loses four yards. Yeah. You, that, that means now Wilson's got to carry the burden. He's not good enough to carry. He's got one play of 68 yards. So he's got one pass. So one of his completions was 68 yards. The rest of them, the, the other 11 was 102 yards. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, Think about that. <laughs> that's, that's not good, but it was going up against arguably the best defense or, in football. Or take it this way. The 26, the other 26 attempts had 101 yards. Hmm. Think about that. Four yards of pass. Can't, I mean, who are you beating with that? Yeah. Right. And so look, you could say all you want about blame Zach Wilson and we know he's not good, but when your defense gets behind and you know, it's 10, seven game, and you make it a 10-7 game, all of a sudden now, then you give up a long drive to them and they convert the two-point because you had two penalties in the red zone on two person. I mean, you beat yourself down there. And, you know, the, the way the Jets have to win is they have to dominate defense, dominate the kicking game, don't make mistakes, mm-hmm. and run the ball. And they didn't do any of those. So, I, you know, this is why. Yeah. No, it's a, they didn't want – Zach Wilson have to be a participant, and then unfortunately, in the second half he had to participate in the game, and and the Only result in the was fourth quarter. Though, I mean, yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. Really the, yeah. I mean, it was just in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, fourth quarter was three interceptions. Yeah, but you know, I mean, he's trying to make a play. You know, now that doesn't excuse himself. But look, think about this though, Femi. We talk about the Falcons having the ball twenty minutes. I mean, the 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 Dallas Cowboys had the ball twenty two minutes of the second half. Twenty two minutes of the second half. The Jets only had the ball 17 minutes in the entire mm-hmm. game. That's a stat sheet to be proud of. I think, you know, as, 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 as uh, Tom Hagan said, you owe, you owe my client an apology. So Mike, somebody should apologize to Mike McCarthy. Oh, well, it, against it, it, a really good defense, against a really good defense, he had a really good plan, mixed his backs up, still doesn't have Tyler Smith at left guard. Really good. Well, I mean, well, the new thing with McCarthy is, well, we got to wait for the playoffs. He's got to do it in the playoffs, and the Cowboys will choke in the playoffs. That's so. I mean, the, the, the Cowboys aren't going to convince anybody until they win multiple games in January. So it, it looks it looks really good right now. Yeah, but yeah. but but this could have been an easy game that you could you know you Dak could turn it over and all of a sudden you keep him in. He called the game to win the game. That's been my point the whole yep. time. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Hall of Famer is <laughs> is still three and out on an overtime <laughs> joystick. <laughs> He's already in Ken. Uh, the Niners, they held on to beat a division rival. Uh, a tougher wow. game than I think a lot of people thought heading into this what one. Tougher it? than I thought, but... <laughs> You're, you're what laughing? was your reaction when he kicked that field goal? <laughs> what was your reaction <laughs> when he kicked that field goal? Uh, luckily, what are you I, doing? I didn't have any money on the game, but I, I really felt bad for the people that laid the seven and a half there with San Francisco. Oh. <laughs> I mean, for those who don't know, the, the, the closing spread was seven and a half. Niners had the 30 to 20 lead there at the end of the game. And with three seconds left, Sean McVay sends the field goal unit out to go ahead and get within the number. Now, obviously, he didn't. I don't think he cared about the spread, but to go out there and execute a field goal. But it's just... It's one of those bad beats. Even Mark Sanchez on the game was called. He said, "Oh, that's a bad beat." <laughs> I guess I, I I found it funny, but I do feel bad for the people that had it with the Niners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the things they do against the Niners, uh, the Niners do against McVay, is they they take away his ability to really run it right. Mm-hmm. And I thought Purdy wasn't perfect. I mean, I know he only had eight incomplete passes, but he had some opportunities that he let a seam route wide open. Now we got to watch out Ayuk for Thursday night. He got hurt in that game. I don't know how bad he's going to come back, but to me, you know, uh, I, I give the Rams credit. They find this Puka kid from BYU. Mm-hmm. He, they target him twenty times in the game, Femi. Uh, he averaged he, he averaged <laughs> under ten yards of catch. I mean, let's be clear. His longest game was twenty yards, but to me, and that was and Stafford throws it fifty five times, and his longest game is twenty yards. Again, you're not you know you're not beating anybody doing that either. So give the Rams credit though; they yeah. played their asses. But it, it's 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 a little bit. This is like Miami and New England. Miami's a bad matchup for New England. They're too fast on offense, and they're able to put pressure on the quarterback. And this is a problem for the the Rams. The Rams can't ever really run the football effectively enough to take the game away. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Let's go a little bit rapid fire here. Just kind of your overall thoughts on Chiefs, Jags, Colts, Texans, Raiders, Bills, I, and then of course Thursday Night Football, I, I, Eagles I, I, beat the Vikings. All right, Chiefs. I don't think their offense is back. Still, they can't make an explosive play, but their defense is really good. Chris Jones made a difference. Now two weeks in a row, hold Jacksonville to nine points, hold a Lions team to fourteen. This mm-hmm. this Chief defense is really good. I'm assuming the offense will come along. I thought Josh Allen was really good. He took the profits yesterday. He didn't try to be a hero. And they won the game in the middle late. The, the, the Raiders have a chance. They're driving it down there. They got a third and two. They're backed up. They stopped them on the goal line. They don't convert. Next thing you know, they're an hour before they get the ball again and the game's over. 
They, they, they lost the middle eight right there. That third and two call, it didn't get it. They had a second and two call, then a third and two call. They don't get it. And that was a, then the next thing you know, look, the Raiders, they couldn't, they couldn't put pressure on them. They couldn't get a turnover. And so, you know, that became a real issue. I thought, uh, which would one Colts, oh, Texans. Colts? I mean, Richardson, I mean, he's two weeks in a row now he's hurt. Yep. I mean, and now he's in concussion protocol. I don't know how that's going to play out, but this Texan team was beat up. Yeah. You know, I was worried about bet. I, I, I like the Colts, but then I wanted to, I backed off the Colts because I was worried about, well, if they put in Case Keenum, it could be a better game for the Texans, but their offensive line, they had four, I mean, they're a mess offensively. Yeah. And they, you know, this game's 31 to 20. But it wasn't as close as that. It's over at the half, and they scored 10 points in the fourth to kind of put it away. I, I'm not sold that the Chiefs are all the way back offensively. They did not look as explosive. Mahomes was under pressure. This Chief offensive line isn't where it needs to be. Now, it could get there, but it isn't where it needs to be yet. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But their defense, though, has my attention. So far, it's been really good on that end of the ball, which has been the polarizing side for them throughout this Mahomes era. Let's get to the awards, though. The Fred Palermo Best Game Plan of the Week. Well, I think it goes to two teams. I think it goes to Seattle and it goes to Baltimore. Both of those hung in there. Seattle, two guys hurt in their offensive line. They're not really healthy. And they go into Detroit, sell out crowd. I mean, unbelievable atmosphere and come away with an overtime win. Say, really, give them credit. Give Pete credit for what he did. I thought that was great. And then on the lamb. And then Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore had a ton of injuries, too. Give John credit. I mean, they go in there. And I I think Baltimore's offense, what I saw against Cincy, that's the right way to play with Lamar. Yeah, no, they look terrific. Who, who, on the lamb, you, you mentioned that Kareem Jackson heading on the lamb, right? Get him out. I mean, how yeah. he's not going to, I mean, that's ridiculous. You know, he's going to hurt somebody. Yep. He, he already has put two guys in concussion protocol. Uh, fraud of the week. I mean, the Lions, you give up 30 points at home in the second half in overtime. And how do you not qualify for the fraud of the week? If you don't know, now you know. Lamar's back in MVP form. I thought he was really good. He was really good yesterday. He he was sensational. It Unbelievable. is. It it's is what me, it is. It's hard to me to imagine that. Well, Russell, it is what it is. What Russell, Mac, Herb, when you don't make throws at key points of the game, it it's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. And real quick before we wrap up here, I know you've been getting a lot of people asking where they can get a signed copy of Football Done Right. What is the address for folks to go ahead and send it to? So send me your book, address it, address your book to with a self-addressed return envelope uh, to Michael Lombardi, 810 Asbury Avenue, Suite 215, Ocean City, New Jersey, 08226. And 810 Asbury Avenue, Suite 215, Ocean City, 08226. And as, I'll be happy to do it. If Asbury is spelled A-S-B-U-R-Y, Asbury Avenue once again there. Uh, Monday Night Football, we get a doubleheader tonight. Can't wait to break it down on Thursday's yeah, pod, man. Yeah, we'll do yeah, uh, here we go. Let's do two games semi. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. We'll be back on Monday, on Thursday. <laughs>